special guest star, Nicole Hanchi. everybody to Muppet Appreciation Night, the January 22nd, 2011 edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51, watching Muppet Treasure Island Outtakes Reel with Gonzo and other aliens, I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight from the Alston Brighton Hellmouth, our technical wizard and president of the Bean Bunny Fan Club, it's Kriana. I like bunnies. Bunnies are cool. Joining us from the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, the inspiration for Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem, Illustrator X. I like the dome and I cannot lie. You other brothers can deny. <laughs> and his very own personal Janice, the sweetheart of typo negative, the dead redhead. I left my opinion in my other pants. <laughs> <laughs> And joining us possibly later on in the podcast tonight from Outpost Gallifrey in Indiana, our Midwest Crop Circle investigator and Swedish chef impersonator. <laughs> Await my Java will be joining us later. <laughs> our guest tonight. This for him. Our guest tonight science fiction artist and all around terrific lady, Nicole Hanchi. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the show. Hello. In the second half hour, we're going to be talking about Nicole's artwork, where you can find it, where you can see it, where she's going to be in the next couple of months, and a very special project she's got coming up for the Boston Comic Con. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, it's time to talk about the week in sci-fi, and we might want to start with why the hell we started with the Muppet Show. <laughs> well, if anybody saw fringe last night ladies and gentlemen last night the best sci-fi show on tv at this time fringe returned to the airwaves last night and what a <laughs> hell of an opening oh my god <laughs> they started a story they reinstituted a story arc last night that was just so good so good but and the oh, best part the best part was they did a twin peaks little not pastiche there. and it oh, was yeah. like Basically, made me so happy. Basically, putting Fringe in the Twin Peaks universe, and I have no problem with that. No, I mean, I mean, the one thing that they didn't do was have like the haunting guitar in the background, and you know, a David Lynch long, slow pan. But other than that, it was awesome. <laughs> and you know exactly what I'm talking about—that typical David oh, Lynch yeah. move, the camera. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. When he threw on those Dr. Jacoby glasses, I almost fell right off the couch. Oh, my God. It was and then said they were from his friend, Dr. Jacoby, from In Washington, Washington State. State. Oh. <laughs> I almost yeah. screamed as, as loud as I did when I heard Darla was pregnant. <laughs> what? Now, who was it that played uh, the piano player? Mr. Piano. Oh, it was Christopher Lloyd. That was Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Because I was never sure because it was such an odd little character for him. Well, just the fact, I mean, his, the hair they had on him, whatever they did to his hair made him look like the oldest kid of the Village of the Damned. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and then having the Watchers there as well. That was just, uh, that whole Watchers arc that we're going into now with them. Nope. I'm really looking forward to it. Just getting back to Christopher Lloyd for a sec. Um, sure. 
I remember seeing a, a comedian like back in the early 80s uh, said that Christopher Lloyd has one role, and that is Reverend Jim from Taxi. No matter what he plays. But that's not true. It's, oh, it's very true. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It, there was a lot of Reverend Jim. Dead. And, he, he was nothing like, Rever- like Reverend Jim. He things to do in Denver when you're dead. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, is that a movie? I thought it was just a song. No, it's a real movie. And it's a really good movie. It you is. really should see it. Oh. Yeah, it is actually pretty realize. good. I didn't realize. I like Warren Zevon. So sue me. <laughs> I, so I. I wouldn't sue you for that. He's awesome. Yeah, he is. Uh-uh. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd see that, you know what? I was so afraid that once they stuck Fringe in the Friday night slot, it's like they're just going to not try anymore. That's not the case. There's some such fighting, such good acting, and it's just a breath of fresh air with the rest of the stuff out there. And that very realistic awkwardness that was between Olivia and Peter now. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) I mean, you could cut it with a knife, and it would be like, awkward. (laughs) Yes, you've been sleeping with me, but it wasn't me now, was it? (laughs) You know, it's it's kind of like a whole Linda Blair thing happening there. It's very like, well, it wasn't really you, no, but I bet you still have that, that little tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, too, that last five minutes of the show where they got to go through that complete circle with Christopher Lloyd. Oh. Yes. And yes. even though they tied the circle up completely... There's yes. so many still unanswered questions, and, and you still, there's about five or six different ways we can go now, and I'm really anxious to see what the writers do. I really am. But how well, zen is that, that there was so much about the smallest little thing that any of us do? And what did it have to do with? A chain of events. A firefly. A firefly, yes. A firefly. Go around. <laughs> uh, and now well, let's also make sure tr- Jane would I- say and if wishes for horses we'd all be eating steak <laughs> literally that's what he would say literally I think he said that but oh, that's yeah, okay right. <laughs> now let's also not forget last night was the last Friday night for a while sans Smallville that does return this coming Friday night Why? oh just, excuse just me, excuse there, me, but isn't isn't there something we can put in there, Kriana? Anything, please, dear God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there you go. Just let that run for a little bit. Yes, go ahead, go ahead, keep that underneath. <laughs> You guys can keep talking with the music, you know. Uh, A power of fringe commands you. Um, (laughs) But I know a very, very important thing happened in sci-fi this week that I really want to talk about. This week saw the end of the comics code in comic books. This has been annoying people for over half a century and the last holdout Archie comics finally said, no, we're not going to put that code on our books anymore. When Archie comics says, no, we're not going to use the comics code. It's over. (laughs) That means Jughead is finally can swear. (laughs) (laughs) This is so cool. Jughead can (laughs) finally tell Veronica what he thinks of her. You know, well, it's, we know Archie got one of his wives knocked up, so... It's a major <laughs> uh, event in the battle of versus censorship, and the first thing you think of is now Jughead can swear. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a Howard Stern fan. That's where I went. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, my now, the, com- the comic cool. code has been, is just, a, just a, a bad idea that's... Uh, clearly outlived its usefulness probably about 40 years ago. I was going to say, Nicole. Yes. As an artist, do you feel that, that there should be any kind of censoring governing body 
that tells you what you can and can put in your artwork? I'm definitely going with no on that one. I mean, if you're not doing stuff for kids, like, it really shouldn't matter. I think if people don't go. like it, they shouldn't read that particular comic. Here, here. Exactly. Everyone is being offended by stuff, then don't look at that stuff that's going to offend you. <sighs> Agreed. Thank you. It's nice to hear people. It's nice to hear someone else say what's going on in my head the whole time. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. Well, that's true. Right? <laughs> tentacle porn? Excuse me? Nothing. <laughs> uh, well, no, it, it's totally no great loss. I'll tell you what, here, here's the most interesting news I found this week. Uh, Catwoman. The newest Catwoman is going to be Anne Hathaway. Meow. I'm, I'm really kind of excited about this for a number of I reasons. Like Anne, am I the only person in the world that likes Anne Hathaway? I yes. like no. Anne Hathaway. I, I think totally she's not cute. cute. She's cute in a very quirky way. No. She's yeah. not attractive. <laughs> I thought she made a great 99. Unfortunately, the writing for, for Get Smart was horrific, but she made a great 99. See, now I was wondering about that. Is she going to start going for 60s roles? Like if, if they try to revamp the Avengers again, will she be Emma Peel? No, she'll be the girl from Uncle. Yes. <laughs> Stephanie Powers. Yeah, she'll go for the That's Stephanie Powers. That's a bad idea. But, you know, I'm sorry. We're, again, I am so completely hooked on Hub doing the old 60s Batman. It takes it takes quite a woman to fill Julie Newmar's uh, glittery Birds. out there. Let me talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know, from, from a purely acting point of view, this is one of the biggest stretches Anne Hathaway's ever really taken. And yeah, I'm really anxious to see if she's going to do it. Diaries. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh, stop. And acting... It, it's not like she was like, um, you know, well, I'll see, should I be Lady Macbeth or Desdemona? No, it's Catwoman. I mean, it's... <laughs> no, but I mean, no, Kriana's got a point, though. Princess Diaries, okay? Where yeah. she was, you know, the quirky but quirky quirk. And I'm, <laughs> you know, she's never really done a role like this before. Whereas every other kind of... Uh, uh, female role in the Batman uh, franchise has probably got a better set of acting uh, experience chops th than she does. So, well, you know, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised when it comes out to find that Catwoman is suddenly quirky. No, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be yeah, surprised she, at all. And she's dating Ross, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh -huh. Wow. Oh, wow, he's a old for her, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, let's think about what is this particular Batman going to be called? The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, my. Insert your own joke. <laughs> yes, insert your own Barnabas Collins joke there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> now, speaking of The Dark Knight Rises, I see NBC is picking up Wonder Woman as a TV series. Oh, no, stop. Don't boo. Don't you dare that boo. That is not happy. Well, now, you don't even know who's going to play her. It might yeah. be Anne Hathaway. What if <laughs> Anne Hathaway is Wonder Woman? <laughs> and she'll have to go arrest herself as Catwoman. By the way, be the Tina Fey. gallery appreciates our Dark Shadows reference. It's NBC. <laughs> it could be Tina Fey. Or Michelle Ryan. Or Ooh. Alf. Oh. <laughs> Alf? Could you see Jerry Ryan doing that? I no. Yes, yes, I could. Thank you. No. So, speaking of Alf, I must, I must digress for just a moment. Oh, my. Oh, dear. Yes, uh, young Drew, our segment producer, was out shopping uh, Thursday night. <laughs> and okay. I got a phone call from her saying, you know, Dome, I'm holding in my hand something that you've wanted for a very long time. 
And uh, you, whoa, 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 whoa. You can get arrested in most states. If you and, and I said, I didn't know Jerry Ryan was, was at the store. And she said, oh, no, I have a copy of Alf's Animated Adventures, 2,000 oh, Years in Driving God. School, and other stories. Oh, his life on Melmac. I remember that. That's right. That was the name of my planet. It's also what it was made out of. <laughs> and I am now the proud owner of Alf's Animated Adventures. And I've got to say thank you, Drew, for thinking of us. And also for uh, getting us our lab coats, which you picked up this weekend. Is that DVD right between um, the Pac-Man uh, t- cartoon series and Saturday Supercade? No, 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 it's it's sitting right next to a uh, or or a series of DVDs oh, called The Legend Mystics. of Jonathan Blackstar. Oh. <laughs> What's going on there? Nothing. Just <laughs> screaming. <laughs> so uh, well, anyways. <laughs> Yeah, we keep going to a dead stop because of Alf. Thank you. <laughs> you brought it up. Yeah, I was going to say thank you, Doe. You're welcome. Uh, My pleasure. All right, well, what? talking about things that could use a dead stop, they're remaking Frankenweenie. Any particular reason? <laughs> I hope not. Oh, I hear. Wait, Where's is that Oingo Dice? Boingo outside? I'm sorry, the Mystic Knights of Oingo Boingo. I thank you in That's advance right. for your emails. <laughs> but no, I hear they're remaking Frankenweenie. Uh, and I yeah. making it longer this time. Well, I, see, you, I was going to. Well, it was what twenty. It's a good. It's a good little extra I have on the Nightmare Before Christmas DVD. Yes, I feel no, like I've you, heard they're making it like full length feature. It is a full length feature this time. Yes. Because and of the depth and pathos of the character? How are they going to stretch that out? Exactly. No yes, how will they Welcome stretch out there, Frankenweenie? Uh, <laughs> Would you just hit him now, please? Ow, ow, <laughs> Thank ow, you. ow. You know the, origi- the story behind the original Frankenweenie was, don't you? Um, well, I know it was Burton's first project. That's all yeah, I want to know. Well, what what happened was was he was a uh, he was working for Disney at the time, and right. uh, he had this script for a fifteen minute film, and he had some free time and a couple of actors who wanted to do it. Without looking at it, Disney without looking at the script, he said, "Yeah, sure, what the hell, do it." <laughs> uh, then yep. it came time to actually see the film. And Disney, the Disney sex looked at it and went, oh, my God, no. And they buried it. And it wasn't yep. until Batman came out that they went, oh, wait, no, maybe we have something here that we could just use his name and sell it. And that's exactly what they did. But really? That's what so, was even, all so years. wait, bef- before Batman, he did Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He did right. uh, Beetlejuice. They didn't want to release it then? No, they waited no. until Batman. Well, what I heard is they didn't know what to do with him. They liked Tim Burton, but they didn't know what to do with him. Right. And they, they and had, there stuff. was nothing. And then they had, then he had it in that 15-minute film. And he went, oh, my God. What are we going <laughs> to do with this? And at that point, at, at, at that point in Burton's career, you know, it was a damn good question. But, uh, no, yeah. they're also remaking, yeah. evidently, uh, their... Uh, Making John Carter of Mars. Good. Um, Well, no. Yeah, you say good. Yes, good. You know why? Deja Thoris. Deja Thoris, baby. Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, But by the same token... If Frank Frazetta painted her, I want to see her on the screen. (laughs) No, seriously. The John Carter of Mars series is a fun adventure series. If you ever read the original Edgar Rice Burroughs novels, I mean... I poorly written. Yes, I own the entire series. I I own pretty much everything Burroughs ever wrote. Uh, really, and I I was raised. Okay, on you realize this, Mars. this is this is the Burroughs who. This is not the Burroughs who did Naked Lunch. No, this is Edgar <laughs> Rice Burroughs. Thank you. I understand the difference. Oh, and okay. uh, I I I went through high school reading that stuff, and I loved it, and I adored it. And that's why it worries me so much, even though uh, uh, 
it's being made by Disney, which scares the hell out of me, number one. And it's been direct, being directed by John Stanton, number two. What's he uh, doing? Oh, sure, but you guys make fun of me for not wanting Wonder Woman back on television. I want Wonder Woman back on television. I think Wonder Woman of Mars would be a great crossover. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Just keep hitting him. It's fine. I got no problem with this. Deja Thoris, Magic Lasso. You do the math. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm beginning to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Scary as that sounds, I'm beginning to agree with you. <laughs> Especially if you've seen Frank Cho's artwork on, on uh, oh the John Carter work stuff. Oh it's my gorgeous. God. <gasps> Frank amazing. Cho appearing at the Boston Comic Con April 30th. Uh, you know, Be there, meet the Sci-Fi Saturday Nightcast. But Just I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Just slipping it in. But you know what? This could be one of the last Boston Comic Cons because apparently uh, there's a rumor been going around for a while. The world's going to end in 2012, but it's been legitimized now by George Lucas. Excuse me? Yeah. Uh, George Lucas apparently believes the world will end next year. So, so he's you know, not renewing his copyright on anything? <laughs> so apparently we're not going to see episodes 7, 8, and 9. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come. Oh, man. Yeah. Is, is Lucas really that benign? I don't know. I don't know if he's benign or advanced. <laughs> no, this is but really, in any case, I don't... I, I, I don't know, man. All I know is... <laughs> I a few months ago, um, I bought some groceries. And I bought a bar, jar of honey, and it, it said "Use before December twenty second, twenty twelve." And I said, "They know. This is why the bees are disappearing." Yeah, you could be right. You they did run an article on Yahoo a couple months ago that said scientists got their math wrong, and they were just kidding about the world ending in twenty twelve. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, I. You're right. I remember seeing that. Like the math's off, and it's going to be another six hundred years or something, and. <laughs> And everyone should relax. We have to cancel all those movies. Oh, see, everybody talks about my math skills. And uh, <laughs> that's true. See, or well, lack that, of. Well, see, you must have Mayan ancestry. That must be. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Mayan? No, I never met her, actually, but that's a whole other story. Uh, oh, boo. Thank you. What else do we what else do we have in the news here? Pride, um, uh, Prejudice, and Zombies is looking for a new director. Mike White dropped out. I'll do it. Uh, Kenneth Branagh. You should let me do it. Should be uh, Kenneth Branagh or George Romero. No, or both. Let me do it. I don't know. Maybe the Farrelly brothers. <laughs> oh. Dead and deader. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> Dead Redhead, why do you want to direct Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Because it was awesome, and I could do a really good job of it, because I've read both of them. I'm sorry, you read both? I read Pre Pride and Prejudice, and I read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. No, you read the graphic novel adaptation. But that's okay. All right. <laughs> Just saying. Graphic novels count. So a classic comics version of a novel is the same as the novel? I Ooh. am just saying. Wait, 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 wait. Just hit him. No, okay. I, no, seriously. I mean, an adapt. Let's let's be very clear. You're saying an adaptation of a work is just as good as the work itself. I'm saying it was as enjoyable as the original. And they by the way, if you ever saw the classic, well, I know, but there is a novel value. called Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. You yes, have not but read that. The graphic novel came out first. No, it didn't. I believe it did. No, it did not. We could check on no, that. No, it did not. Okay, kids. Uh, we'll be back to marriage counseling for juniors after this. <laughs> <laughs> they, should, they should let me direct it because well, I know zombies. We welcome your emails, as Colin Ferguson would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Ferguson? Or whoever the guy was. Frank Ferguson, but that's okay. It's uh, about a doctor. Okay. Who's not really a doctor. Like Dr. <laughs> Phil, but awesome. 
<laughs> Sorry, I've watched it like four times more in the past like 24 hours. Of course. I can do the little dance. <laughs> you know, one thing I, I, I want to bring up as we're getting close to the wheel here, um, Spider-Man movie news. The, it was um, mentioned that they are going to have web shooters in this new version of the Spider-Man series. I'm good yeah. with that. Why? Why I'm good with that. No, because that was a big deal when the first Sam Raimi movie came out. And Sam was actually very... I, I liked his reasoning and his rationale. He said, if we had Peter in, inventing web fluid and building the web shooters... We'd add another 15 minutes to the movie that it didn't really need. And I'm like, you know what? Even though I like the whole web shooter thing in the comics and I bought, I bought the concept when I was reading Spidey Super Stories at two years old. Oh, come on. You bought the toys when they came out? And uh, no, but I do remember <laughs> one, after one uh, Halloween party where someone had web shooters with silly string and yeah. we were cleaning that up for three months afterwards. And it's oh. like... And it's like, oh, Merry Christmas. There's some more silly string in our rug. Thanks, Paul. But no, you I think jerk. that's interesting. No. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because at least two different completely separate websites I looked at the story on said the same thing. They said, well, okay, if you're going to have web shooters, you should also have Karen Gillan as a cameo as Mary Jane. Oh, my Why? God. She would be perfect. I mean, yeah, but I mean... What do you mean, why? Why should there be Mary Jane? Yeah. Okay, folks, explain. Never should, mind. Should there be Mary, uh, Karen Gillan as Mary Jane? Um, um, but she'd be cuter than hell. Um, yeah. And I mean, Mary Let's Jane. See, and, and Mary, Mary Jane, Jane is a was model. cute. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. we'd have her in modeling. So. Dial cuteness factor to 10. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh. Hey, I got a question for you. I know that nobody's really looking forward to the Judge Dredd movie. I actually, oh my god, seriously? Seriously, because I'm, you know what? I love, I do love the comics. And I okay. refuse, I have never seen the Stallone movie. I refuse to see it. I remember when the ads came out, I, I just took one look at the ad and I said, that's not Judge Dredd, I that ain't seeing it. That out when Tab was still popular. Hey, 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 hey. That's enough of that. Good, good but look, the, the reality is the only good thing that I have heard about this movie is that Lena Haiti from Saracana Chronicles and, and Game of Thrones is uh, co-starring as Madeline Madrigal. Wait, does she actually... Wait, who was she? Sarah Connor? Yeah, no, yeah, she was Sarah Connor. Yeah, no, yeah, which one wait. was she? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> he, he figures he's covered. I'm totally covered that way. Yes, she was Sarah Connor. Not in the television series. You know what? Judge Dredd comics are funny and tongue-in-cheek, and if you read them as just, like, the ridiculous, the, the, the parody of action heroes that they were meant to be, they're hilarious. They are funny. They are great, and it's some. Of, and if you read the Brian Boland series, oh, my God, Brian Boland's art is gorgeous. Um, not I to, mean, not to dispute Carlos Esquizera's work on it either, but it's, I mean, they're great stories and I think they would work as a movie if, if someone was willing to say, so all right, no, 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 no. I'm just saying if they do it right, <laughs> it'll be fun. And I don't know if they're going to do it right. I mean, look, uh, I, I've seen a ton of pictures. I don't really care for what I've seen. It doesn't look at anything anything like any of the stuff from the novels, from the graphic novels. I've looked at a lot of the casting. I've seen some of the script uh, online. Uh, but the only thing, well, you know, I'm sorry, uh, Peter Travis directing Carl Urban as Judge Dredd and Olivia Thurlby as Judge Anderson. I don't know. Oh, but they know. are having Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Judge is Judge Death in it? Uh, I haven't seen any uh, anything about that. That's that's the most oh, obvious. The bad guy is. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you know what? Madeline Madrigal. 
Uh, people, I, I still don't know if Seth Rogen can pull off Green Hornet, but you say that it's a, actually a good movie. So anything I'm, I'm telling you, he did. I'm telling you, he absolutely did. It may not be the Green Hornet everybody expected, but it is a version of the Green Hornet that is very respectable and actually quite enjoyable. I got, you know, and, and I was dead set against it. Yeah, but you, all right, let me ask you this. You were dead set against it. Why did you go see it? Uh, to prove myself right or wrong, because I thought it deserved a shot. And there's a lot of movies out there that really don't even deserve a shot and that are getting, you know, uh, way too much. I have to admit, I don't go to the movies as much as I used to simply because I'm tired of wasting money on bad films. You know, and so I look at the Green Hornet trailer, and I'm like, eh, I could do that, but oh, I got to do my laundry. Sorry? Laser disc player. Laser disc player? Yeah, wait till it comes out on laser disc. Oh. <laughs> laser disc. No, that was a medium I always was like, you got to flip it over halfway through? No, thank you. <laughs> no, so, I actually, you like I like said. Set tapes? No, when I was well, at the yeah. uh, Fort Blair Vault of Comics, I did again. see the Max machine. This is all, again, this is why I'm like, you know what? Cell phones, they look nice, but I'm waiting for Star Trek Tap the Tit technology. Beep, beep, beep. Go ahead, oh, number sure. one. That I will buy. But it's like, no, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a phone, but it's a typewriter, but it's this and that. And then you got to have a subscription. I'm like, uh, no. You're both wrong. It's a suppository, but that's fine. <laughs> well, this is that's what it that's feels exactly like when you get the that. bill every month. Careful, careful, careful. But um, I believe it's about time. It's time to look at the wheel of marsupials and figure out if we had a winner this week or not. Can we run the wheel, please? And the winner who gets to stick their itchy little paws into the pouch of the wheel of marsupials is Witchy Poo, who in response Woo! to last week's talk cast said, <laughs> anyone who is not somewhat familiar with the source material for The Hobbit probably should just see a different movie. To which I replied, <laughs> seriously, there was a book? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, evidently we did have that discussion last week, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> and it, and it was, so what, the, what does Witchy Poo win? Uh, stuff. And we got a ton of stuff. Okay. We're not sure what stuff yet, but I'll put it in a box and send it off to her this week. Really? Well, and now, how, the, how yes. can people win stuff on our show? Well, the way to win stuff on our show is to, once the podcast is posted out on our website, log on to our website, leave a comment about this week's post... And you will be put in the running to have your name dropped into the pouch of the wheel of marsupials. And in doing so, tickle a kangaroo. Woo! Now, what could they win on? But... What could they win on this week's show? On this week's show, aside from the evidentiary kipple that we usually give out on a weekly basis, we're going to be giving out a very wonderful uh, print by our guest that we're about to bring on, Nicole Hanchi, who's actually been. I know, but now we're bringing her back on because she was off and now she's back and no, or something. She's she's it's oh. official this time. <laughs> we're going to take a little break right now while the dome recomposes himself. <laughs> okay. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us in the second half hour is the woman who was with us in the first half hour, artist Nicole Hanchi. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, we're all kind of drunk, but up in that, we're doing pretty well. Seems about normal, right? <laughs> I'm not it's pretty drunk. much how we run the show. <laughs> I want to be, though. Yeah, I know you do. We'll work on that for you, sweetie. Send so. <laughs> Let's not complain about not being able to drink. 
Go ahead, X. I was just going to say, Nicole, you are our first Boston Comic Con guest for uh, 2011. Yay! And uh, for those, you know, we all know you. We love your work. We've um, known. Uh, dis- how do uh, I do say this? I'm, I'm tongue tied. I'm tongue tied in the presence of a master. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, Nicole, tell us a little bit about yourself and your artwork and uh, where we can see it. Well, you can see it on my website. I'm on DeviantArt. Um, it's NicoleHanchi.DeviantArt.com. I'm sure there'll be a link up somewhere. There will be a link up. You don't have to bother spelling stuff out. Yep. We'll take care of that for you. That's, that's the easiest place to see my stuff. And then, of course, Boston Comic Con. And I hit up smaller of um, comic conventions throughout the year. I don't really have anything officially lined up right now, but as I see them, I kind of sign up. And then I also do the um, Pagan Pride Festival kind of things because I kind of do, like, the comic book art, and then I do more of the nature-based stuff with a lot of flowery kind of... See, I always do the gay pride. Stuff. That, there's, there's a lot more bears. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to wow. my microphone <laughs> Okay, why don't you oh, do yeah. that? Sci-fi, sci-fi, pagan pride, gay pride, it all sort of blends together. That's cool. <laughs> if, you that too. if you've seen my stuff, it could definitely go that route. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. I've, got to, I've got to tell you, uh, I've been a fan of your work for a very, very, very long time. And uh, I think some of the uh, character studies that you do, uh, specifically one of my favorites, actually two of my favorites, uh, uh, the ever-popular Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, which uh, you seem to do a lot of, and I really like. That's definitely one of my most popular pieces. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, there, there is that one particular piece, that, but then there's, uh, on the uh, <clears throat> DeviantArt website, are a couple of Poison Ivy commissions that you did that are just absolutely gorgeous. Poison Ivy lends itself, or she lends herself to my style very well because I like to do the vines and the, the leaves and stuff like that. So it just kind of, that's a great melding of both kinds of my art with the comic stuff and the more nature-based stuff. So it seems to seems to work really well for me. Now, yeah, it's that's... funny because I had your artwork up at, at work and I was going over it and uh, a couple of people at work were looking over my shoulder and they go, Wow, look at those birds that she did. <laughs> and to me, that was not what I was looking at. <laughs> and yet there's, there's a northern cardinal that you do uh, that, that's on the TV and art site that is just, just amazingly detailed and beautiful. It's one of the smaller pieces I did. I tried doing the um, Manchester Artists Association shows a couple of times, and it just wasn't a great venue for my work, but I kind of did a bunch of stuff. For that, they're a little bit more conservative at those kinds of shows. Just a little. I, I have done that show myself uh, years ago, and I, I got to agree. I got, I showed up, and like half the room was uh, snow covered, um, covered bridges, bridges, and I'm oh, like, Jesus Christ! Like, and really? <laughs> barns. Never have I been so insulted by having somebody say, "You have such a great imagination." You're just like, wow, that's nice, and then they walk away. Yeah, like, wow, and you're like, thanks. yeah, it's like, really? I mean, this there is art that wasn't meant to be hung in a bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, because I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at, yeah, I would hang this in a bank, and then I would go to that bank a lot. But that's <laughs> all you. <laughs> <laughs> Another withdrawal, Mr. Dome? <laughs> oh, my. Hey, Nicole, no, I mean, I you know. Was, what? Go ahead. I was just going to say, Nicole, what I want to ask you is, you know, as, as a painter, what attracts you to, to uh, be painting in a lot of comic book styles? I mean, you don't, you're not exclusively comic art. But you have enough of those characters. What is it about that that attracts you and, and, and uh, made you think of blending the two styles? Where it's Well, I don't know. I've always liked the comic book characters, and I've always really enjoyed painting the ladies. 
and you just kind of mix the fun costumes and the bright colors to, you know, my style of painting, and I just started doing it one day and thought it was really fun, and then I got a list of characters that just never ends. <laughs> now I just keep going with it. I kind of have to go back and forth. I'm like, all right, this time I'm going to do a comic painting. Next time I have to go back to my other stuff. And it's a constant battle of which ones I want to work on. Yeah. Have you ever submitted any of your stuff to comic? Have you thought of working for an actual comic company? I don't think that like, I would have the attention span to do, like, the panels kind of things. And I don't do well with backgrounds, which, and if you look at my stuff, a lot of it's very simple kind of backgrounds that make the subject matter stand out more than anything. So I haven't, yeah. I haven't really explored that option yet. Mm -hmm. Huh. Okay. I mean, what's it about... I mean, you said it was like the colorful, the way the characters look, the um, the costumes on them that, that really attracted you? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I mean, have you... And again, you said the ladies. I mean, uh, we've seen like... Uh, your Harley Quinns, your Poison Ivies. I mean, are there any others coming up that we should keep an eye out for that you're you're working on? I don't have any big paintings, but I've got I've started trying to do like five by seven paintings at Comic Con shows, trying to you know work the smaller commission kind of thing. So I've got a whole list. I'm working on a uh, a death right now from Sandman. I've got a Kabuki nice. coming up that I'm trying to to make work. Um, I mean, my list is, is pages and pages long. It's kind of a matter, it's like dartboard. It's like, which one do I feel like doing today? And then just kind of doing it. <laughs> wow. So what do you normally charge for commissions? Depends kind of on the size. Um, the smaller pieces, the 5 by 7 I think I was charging 40 and um, 6 by 8 yeah, I, I don't remember. My list is somewhere. <laughs> it kind of, the smaller ones start at like 40, and then obviously as you get bigger and more complex, they, they go up and they range anywhere from, you know, a couple hundred dollars to a little bit more, depending really on the size and how many characters are in there and, and how complex. And and if there's a, a boy involved, I generally search more because I have a harder time with those. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where do you start? What do you, what medium do you start in when you start putting a piece together? When I start, I start with pencil, and I, I do a basic sketch that's on, if it's on like an 11, 8.5 by 11 piece of paper, and then I ink it, and then I scan it and make it smaller, and then I project it up onto the canvas where I trace it out in like a chalk pencil, because I start all of my acrylic stuff, I start on a black gesso canvas, so you can't really do pencil. It doesn't It doesn't work well. And once I have it projected, then I kind of start filling in. I start with the background and then usually do skin tones and kind of build up from there. So it's actually a five-step process to finally get that acrylic piece out. Oh, yeah. It, it gets drawn a few times. And the cats are always so helpful when I'm projecting because if you move it just a little bit, you have to start <laughs> completely over <laughs> So then you get that piece done and you have uh, X number of pieces. How do you decide which ones to have made into prints and bring to shows? Kind of. I throw it up on DeviantArt and see how popular it goes there. And I just kind of depends also on how much I like it. So if I get done with the piece and I'm like, that was, that was a horrible piece, and I walk away from it. And then if I can't come back to it in a couple of months and be like, yeah, it really wasn't that bad, you know, then I'm not going to make a print out of it. But usually, if I can walk away from it for a while, I come back. I'm like, oh, I was just kidding. That that one's okay. Is it difficult to, yeah. to kind of make that kind of judgment about your own art? It is more difficult than making it with other people's art, especially if you've been working on a piece for a really long time. Just having to look at it for so long, you just kind of tend to not like it on principle. So if you can step back and kind of come back to it later, it doesn't seem quite as bad. I definitely am, am my own worst critic. Hmm. Now, my understanding is that you're going to be uh, painting some celebrities. Uh, the Sci-Fi Saturday Night cast <laughs> at the Boston Comic Con. real hard. <laughs> well, what you want to do is put Illustrator X in the foreground. And um, if everyone else... And have everybody else choking him. 
Well, that would be like the old uh, Super Super Friends uh, montage at the beginning. There, there's Illustrator X right in the front, and everyone else is just these kind of like little rainbow uh, bright things in the background. That'd be great. I do well, enjoy that, rainbows. Well, then that All would right? mean that I that I could be there with uh, the dead redhead as as my Wonder Twin. Why? Well, that'd be kind of hard because you're going to be Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fair. I was though. actually, I was actually hoping more for a Batsmaru feel to it. <laughs> and, and anybody who knows what that is would care to comment on it. I dare you, but that's okay. Wow. So. How are we gonna? How are we gonna? What I want to know is how are we gonna do this at the Boston Comic Con? Because I don't want to take business away from you. If you're gonna be at a con. You're there to sell your your wares and make money and and uh, you know you know connect with other artists and so forth. I want to make sure that uh, you can work your booth. You know how are we going to do this here? She's going to be in our booth. Be in advance, and then I can have it done for the show. Ooh, could do that. Then it could Could be even better because I would have more time to really you know dive into it. We could make that happen, I think, couldn't we? Okay, Mom, if you're listening, send Nicole Hanchi 700 photos of me, but but only good ones. <laughs> okay, that would be the, the three that she has, but that's yeah. okay. Oh. <laughs> and he would agree with me. Give me a break. Are you kidding? No, she's a mom. It's like, oh, he, he tripped and skinned his knees. Let's take a photo. And, uh, <laughs> What? Okay. Uh, the dead redhead has to go back to the crypt early, I'm afraid, folks. We will be continuing on without her. Uh, but Bottle empty again? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, but no, okay, so, um, so, Nicole, you will be at our booth at Boston Comic Con. Yes. Excellent. And, uh, so, if any of you listeners out there want to come by and meet Nicole... All you have to do is look for us and the pretty lady with all the paints and pencils. That would be Nicole. Here, here. And uh, that will be the weekend of April 30th and May 1st. And go to BossyCompany.com. It's coming up fast. It and really you're also going to be at Granite State, aren't you? I will be. And that is... Uh, May a few 15? weeks afterwards. Yeah, May 15th. That's the Manchester one. If they do, I don't know if they're doing Nashua this year. If they are, I'll be there for that one, too. No, this will be the first one uh, for this year. As far as I know, they're not doing Nashua. But, I mean, they're making up for I mean, the, the Manchester show will be fantastic. Manchester oh. show looks huge already. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, Nicole, you'll be there. Yep. Absolutely. So right away, it's huge. Um, and go. then they have Joe Hill. They're going to have some of the artists from The Walking Dead, uh, from Lock and Key, and uh, some other surprise guests as well. And if everyone goes to dmcomics.com, they can check out the list there. Or go to our links page. And... I'm sorry I didn't hear that. But as Pat would say, it should be epic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Shadanda would say that, wouldn't he? <laughs> And Pat, if you're listening tonight, yes. it's all in yes. good fun except when I say it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Ah, but let's see. You know, but no, it's going to be a good. Sh- Both shows are going to be fantastic. And Nicole, are you doing any other shows later in the year? Not sure yet. I know there's um, the Pagan Pride Festival that happens. Um, it happened in Veterans Park last year. That one should be coming up again. Sometime in the summer, I'll be doing that one. And then there's a couple um, other Pagan Pride things throughout northern northern New England that um, that I'll be at. I don't know exact dates for those. I don't think they've even posted them yet, but keep an eye on those. And then Larry's Comics has um, mini Comic-Con things that they do like every month. I think they're starting to do those, and I'm going to start looking into getting to those. So, so far, that's what I've, what I've got. Nothing super officially scheduled, but a lot of things kind of 
in plans and works. Awesome. I was going to ask, do you get a lot of crossover business at the Pagan Pride shows? Because, I mean, when I think of, you know, Pagan uh, and comic art, you know, there's Joe Linsner uh, with Cry for Dawn. There's a Jim Balance work with Tarot, and then there's you. And it's it's I I I'm just I would wonder if like you go uh, at the pagan shows if a lot of people are like oh my god it's Catwoman. A little bit, not as much as you would think, but definitely you know you've got especially when people like the ladies bring their sons with them, then they kind of flip through the book and they're like come on look, kind of gives them something to look at too if they're not super into whatever else is there and catches people's attention. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've never been to one of those. I need to go this year. I need, I need to pay. <laughs> yeah, I, it, so, it sounds like something I would actually enjoy. <laughs> oh, that's great. So we're going to yeah. see you there, and we're going to see you at Boston, and we're going to see you at Manchester. And I just keep looking at your art going, wow, I want one of these, and one of these, and one of these. <laughs> That's why they invented printmaking. Yeah, exactly. Now, Nicole, did you have any, I mean, you were a little quiet in the the first half of the show. Did you have any comments about any of the stories we've talked about so far? Anything you wanted to add to? I was thinking of the the Catwoman thing. I I don't know how I feel about her. Anne Hathaway, I don't know, she hasn't really been in a great action film yet, but I'm I'm trusting Christopher Nolan on this one. I I was kind of weary about... The, uh, the Joker and Heath Ledger, and he pulled that one off. So I'm, I'm just kind of going to put yes. it on the back burner and, and try to let it go. Uh-huh. Well, who would you, th- would you want to see as Catwoman? I don't, I don't know. I don't know that there's necessarily any big-name people that I would see as her. I, I feel like she's such an iconic character that it might have been better to go with an unknown. Yeah, but then again, exactly. you know, if you, if you look at who's played Joker in the past... Jack Nicholson? Who, who would have thought that anybody could have taken what Nicholson did and done a, a better job with it? And you look oh, at it. please! Excuse <laughs> me? Nicholson, though, was that he was just himself as the Joker, which happened Ex- to work really well, but exactly. he didn't make it anything. I completely agree. Jack Nicholson doesn't act. Jack Nicholson is Jack Nicholson in whatever role he's doing. And what's your problem with that? I don't you know, see a it's, problem. It's, this is why it's, it's, it's like, this is why I think Ian McKellen is a much better actor than Sean Connery. Because Sean Connery is Sean Connery no matter what he does, but Ian McKellen can disappear into a role. That's why I was so happy he was Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings movies. Because I saw him as, as, as the character, not as the actor. Absolutely, that's so important. Like when we had the Riddler come out and it was Jim Carrey, that was Jim Carrey in a Riddler costume. He didn't really play the Riddler. Yeah. Well, okay, if you, if you look at that whole setup, you had Jim Carrey as the Riddler, you had uh, Arnold as the Iceman, okay? Both of those were, were just horrible mistakes. Right. <laughs> we we always talk about those. <laughs> absolutely horrible mistakes. But I disagree that, that Nicholson didn't actually take that character and do something with it. Even looking at Danny DeVito as the penguin, for God's sake. But and I, <clears throat> I, I, don't, I don't like any of the Batman movies aside from the recent ones. I didn't think Tim Burton's films were that terribly good. I thought the first one was terrific. I thought the subsequent ones suffered by comparison greatly. Uh, I had a hard time taking Michael Keaton seriously after Beetlejuice. Oh, hell after Mr. Mom. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, you got a problem with but, Shelley Long, you bring it on. Bring it on. And, uh, and I have no problem with Shelley Long. <laughs> if Shelley Long was Bruce Wayne, it'd be a better job than Michael Keaton. Uh, but, see, uh, no, but you talk about it, characters that, that sublimated themselves into the role. Of all well, the characters that existed, Keaton was the one who did it the best. Oh, puh. Keaton was the one who did it the best. You cannot tell me Val Kilmer was good. He wasn't bad. It, it, it oh my god! Didn't annoy me. Didn't Val, annoy me. But then that has to be the what? only thing Val Kilmer ever did in his entire acting career that didn't annoy someone. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of Doors fans that are so mad at him, aren't there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
But you know, yeah, just saying. Again, they're rerunning the the old Batman episodes on the Hub, and I was really surprised to find someone hides Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. They actually He's my had favorite Riddler ever. Oh, oh my yeah. God, he owns the role, and they had John Aston as the Riddler in an episode, and I'm like. I love John Aston, and this is when he was Gomez at, on the Adams Family. But I can't. It, all I'm seeing is John it, is John Aston. I can't see right. him as the Riddler. Absolutely. Uh, but oh my God, Frank Gorshin, Frank Gorshin's Riddler and Julie Newmar's Catwoman. They loved the role so much, and you, it just comes off of them in waves. And that's what you really need to do an iconic superhero character. Oh, new or super villain. villain. No question about it. Just to, yeah, just anyone within that framework, you're absolutely right. Uh, Neymar was terrific. And, you know, this is why Cesar Romero's Joker is good, but it's like, eh, he's okay. The Riddler is, honest to God, having a blast. Now, of course, prior to doing Batman, Julie Newmar uh, had a stint on a, a sitcom. Uh, 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 where she played a robot. Uh, 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 what? <laughs> she played a robot. I'll take two. Called, called My Living Doll. <laughs> you got and can you imagine if the real dolls had been available <laughs> back then, where we would have gone with that storyline? Nicole, I see your next painting. <laughs> An army of Julie Newmar bots. And that's basically what it was, you, you know, the fembots from, uh, from the uh, Austin Powers series. If you could set them all for caress. <laughs> You're a sick man, X. <laughs> and based on that sickness, Kriana. Oh, Kriana. What if she feels Zombrarian, take her out of the fridge. We need her. Well, we'll just chat amongst ourselves a little longer. So, how's the weather? <laughs> uh, I don't know. The weather's not bad. How's yours? Oh, my. Hmm. I wonder what happened to Kriana. She says she's still here. <laughs> well, in any case, this is a fun conversation, actually. Actually, the hub just showed the uh, the Batman episode where it crossed over with the Green Hornet, and you get to see Bruce Lee kick the living crap out of Burt Ward. Bruce uh, Lee? I haven't really? brought that series to DVD yet. What, Green Hornet? Green or Hornet Bat or Batman. Neither one of them are on DVD. Green Hornet was well, only... Seven episodes. Yeah, the Green Hornet, you know what? They just showed them on Sci-Fi Network a week or two ago to hype the movie. And they don't really work. Because it's the same Batman you know, crew, the same announcer and everything. But it doesn't have that joy or silliness. It just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And, and again, it's another reason why I'm like, I was never really into it into the Green Hornet as a character. I mean, um, maybe some of the radio programs worked, but um, you know, I've talked to people who are like, you know, you have the only way to experience Green Hornet is on the radio about 70 years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm maybe. Like, I'm like, noted, thank you. But yeah, I mean, just watching Bruce Lee be so restrained that I'm like, I know he can take out everyone in this screen <laughs> without even trying. It's just not the same without the pow and the biff and the whack. It isn't. No, it's <laughs> not. My favorite was Chris Bloosh. Was what? Chris Bloosh? Yeah, in the movie when they knock one of the pirate people off into the water, it says Chris Bloosh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The weirdest one is where they they say Pam, and I'm like, what? Brianna. What? There you are. Sorry. What? Well, nothing. Uh, we've been looking for outro music for a while. Oh, no, you don't need it. Ah, <laughs> uh, so is really it about that time then? I guess you can have it. It is about that time. 
So, folks, next week, filmmaker Mike Dougherty redeems our show with an update on Browncoat's redemption. Then on February 12th, Christian Rubiano waxes wittily on the Winsome Web comics of Inkbot.com. February 19th, StoryForge's Steve Letary gives us the scoop on all the new shows at SciFinal.com. And on March 12th, the title says it all, folks. Author Nick Redfern on his book, The NASA Conspiracies, The Truth Behind the Moon Landings, Censored Photos, and The Face on Mars. God help us. Oh my God. Scooter, please don't. But God help us. Go ahead. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con coming up on April 30th and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim Shaw at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. The Sci-Fi Saturday Night crew get their comics at Double Midnight Comics and Collectibles in Manchester, New Hampshire. Check out AnotherHeaven.com for the best selection of Asian and cult cinema DVDs. And visit AdamsMedia.com, the first name in nonfiction publishing. Tonight's outro music provided by Zanoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Dome. Thanks to our guest, sci-fi artist and all-around terrific lady, Nicole Hanchi. We're looking forward to seeing you at Boston Comic Con and again at Manchester uh, Granite Con. From the Alston Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, the sweetheart of the sun, Bart Kriana, thank you for all that you do. Yeah, I'll be here at some point. <laughs> From the Four Color Vault of Comics, great thanks to Illustrator X and Dead Redhead, we miss you. Domi got back. Yeah, you've yeah. done that already. This is the Dome saying, GD, <laughs> shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Sticks and stones won't break my bones, so you can imagine how I feel about being called names.